We are about to start Perak Dalid, chapter four. In Lekut um, Amar. So last week we touched upon the structure of the godly soul, and we discussed that the structure of the godly soul is made up of ten qualities. It's made up of three intellectual qualities and seven emotional midos. That is the makeup, the construct of the godly soul. Okay? And now we're going to discuss what we call, you got extra copies, what we call the levushim, which are the expressions, and the next two prokim are extraordinarily powerful um, explanations of the use of these levushim. So it's starting at the top of Dav Ches, which in the English pages would be page 15. Perek Dalit. V'aydish l'chol nefesh alikis shleisha levushim. We must understand that in addition to the ten inherent qualities, the makeup, the construct of the godly soul, there are three levushim, there are three garments Shame Machshava Dibaramaisa, they are thought, speech and deed. Now remember, we're talking about the godly soul. As a result, we're going to deal with how these three Levushim express themselves vis a vis the godly soul's relationship to God. We understand that we'll get to it later on, that the animal soul has the same capacity to utilize thought, speech and deed for its own agenda. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. Now Now we're talking about the godly soul in its relationship with God. As a result, let's figure out how does the neshama connect to the Creator utilizing these three levushim in developing its relationship with the Kodesh Baruch. Okay? So therefore he says, these are the thought, speech, and deed of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. And he explains as follows. Now, you have to realize, as, as we're going to get into this, that the Bnei Yisachar, the author of Agudekala, Derech Pikudecha, um, numerous other svarim, wrote a sefer expressly for the purpose of really expounding on this parak. He has a sefer called Derech Pikudecha, which goes through every mitzvah and how one can fulfill that mitzvah utilizing the three levushim. Meaning, most of us assume that the mitzvah of tefillin is to wrap the straps around our head and our arm, which is absolutely true. That is how you do it. But here we're understanding that every mitzvah needs to be performed on all three levels, in thought, speech, and deed. So he has a whole sefer. Unfortunately, he doesn't go through all 613 mitzvahs, but he goes through many of the mitzvahs and how you fulfill them on all three levels. What's fascinating about that is the Mishnah Brewer quotes that Sefer twice in Bir Halacha. Uh, you have to remember the Mishnah Brewer was of the Lithuanian persuasion, but he takes very serious reckoning with the Derech Pikudach and his Mafapal in his Pshat in the Mitzvah, which is, I found to be absolutely fascinating. Anyhow, so he says as follows the third line, When a person fulfills in action all the action mitzvahs, and with speech, 
This becomes the most confusing one. How do you fulfill all 613 mitzvahs in speech? And the way to do that is by toiling in the explanation and the expounding of the laws of all 613 mitzvahs. So there is a unique aspect of Dibur, which applies to many mitzvahs that we thought had nothing to do with Dibur. Now, as an aside, the first section that the Baltanya produced in his halachic works was his Hilchas Talmud Torah. And the Baltanya paskins there that if a person has the ability to verbally study Torah, and they only, only does it in thought, that he is not adequately, he's not, he does not say that he doesn't fulfill the mitzvah, but he's not doing it correctly. The correct way to study Torah is to verbalize, it doesn't say it has to be out loud, but to utter the words. So it, it's extraordinarily tempting when a person is learning alone to just use your eyes. It's a mistake. A person is supposed to verbalize the, because that throws it from the realm of thought into the realm of speech. That's in his I believe in many others. No, no, pretty universal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. and in the realm of thought, a person extends themselves as far as they possibly can to understand every detail in Torah on all four levels of Pardes, which are Pshat, Remesh, Drus, Drush, and Soid. So the person extends themselves as far as their mind allows them to go. And he'll expound on that a little bit in a moment as far as what that means. So now, we just have action, speech, and thought. What happens when, when a person serves the Almighty, utilizing these three levush? Now let, let's discuss for a moment, what does a levush mean? When I put on a garment, the garment isn't me. The garment is something I could put on and take off. The garment is something which is external. The garment is usually something that I utilize mostly either to impress somebody else or sometimes to make myself feel better about myself. And as a result, we understand that clearly action is related to other people. Speech generally is how you communicate with other people. Even thought... I can turn on and turn off. I can't stop thinking, but I could choose what to think about. So as a result, it is not me. Whereas the ten qualities we were discussing last week are me. The levushim that we're discussing now, we have a choice. Do I want to put on my pajamas? Do I want to put on my tuxedo? Right? Those, what we're discussing here, are are we putting on a pajamas or a tuxedo? That's the question we're dealing with here. So here he's saying that a person has the ability and the responsibility to be malbish themselves in all three expressions of human expression. When we do that, then the 613 limbs of their being. What's that? Just introduced a new concept that he threw in here. We are, in addition to the fact that we have ten qualities, we have 613 spiritual limbs, and we understand that corresponding to those 613 limbs, there are 613 mitzvahs that illuminate and give life to those. This is a, a concept brought in the Zaya. So when I do that, 
Then those 613 limbs are milavashim, are clothed, are garbed, v'tariyag mitzvah in their corresponding 613 limbs of the Torah, and even more specifically, the concept of the three levels of the intellect are are totally wrapped up in Torah ideas, that the person puts forth the effort to be able to grasp in all Four levels of Torah. Look at the following two qualifications. A, according to the person's intellectual capacity. And B, the person's source of their soul. And what that says is that every one of us has a limitation um, intellectually and by source of soul. Now, if you watch, and it's a fascinating thing, I love watching, especially in the Dafyami group. You have, especially in the larger Dafyami group, you have people who, when it comes to the mathematical Gemaras, they light up. They love doing it, they love figuring it out. I go into a coma. As soon as you hit anything over the number four, it's all over. On the other hand, you have people who, when it comes to Agadita, to the, the allegoric stuff in the Gemara, they tune out. They can't deal with it at all. It's just, some of these things are intellectual, we're just not cut out for math, and I'm just fine with that, Baruch Hashem, God created calculators. And on the other hand, I love the Agada. So, other people, and, and it's, it's a total personality thing, and it may be a Shorosh Neshama thing. So there's these two components that play in, and it's okay, I, I've shared with you guys in the past, that the Shevet Musar writes, that if a person sees that they have an inclination towards a given area in Torah, that they should never allow anyone to discourage them from pursuing that area in Torah. Obviously, if a person has a, a, a special inclination to want to learn Agoda or Kabbalah or whatever, they can't neglect Halacha. Right? Because you got to know what to do. But nonetheless, um, pursue it to whatever you have the ability to. Guys, take drinks. You don't get tired. Now, so that covered that covered the Chabad. That covered the intellectual. What about the seven? How do you get the rest of the person involved? What we're saying here is that a person is comprised of ten qualities. Three of them are intellectual. Seven of them are emotional. How do you get the emotions involved? You have a copy there? Yeah. How do you get the emotions involved? Says Baltanya Vaiter, Vamidois, and the character, the emotions. Shaheim Yira Vyahava, that are love and awe, the Anfeim and their offshoots, Vitoldisayim and their many subcategories, Milavashois, they will always be enrobed and in um and contained. Bikiuma mitzvis in the fulfillment of mitzvahs bimaisa udibur. Notice what he omitted. He omitted Mahshava. For some reason, thank you, he omitted the mitzvah when he's talking here about love and awe, and the fulfillment of the mitzvahs in love and awe, he dropped machshava. And there's a, a lot of talk in the Mepharsha uh, Atanya here as to why he dropped it. He dropped the last chapter as well. In machshava, with a havanira? Okay, so there's, there's, a, there's a pattern here. Anyhow, so now he's saying, 
that and and of course half of the safer is made up to deal with what about people who don't feel love and awe when they fulfill mitzvahs okay I met a few <laughs> so maybe they're not pure and he deals he deals with that but right now he's saying and and let's first establish the fact of the ideal that the midas are active in action mitzvahs and in speech mitzvahs. Shuhu. And he goes right back to it. Talmud Torah, Kula. Clearly, when it comes to the primary mitzvah of the study of Torah, which is equal to all other mitzvahs. And this is a premise that's brought in many earlier svarim long before the Balatanya. The source, the root, the cause of a person's interest in fulfilling any positive mitzvah will always be the love of God. <laughs> and it always comes from the love of God. And without love, the mitzvah will not endure, won't survive. The person who really fulfills a mitzvah is somebody who loves God. It's a person who wants to cleave to the Almighty. Says the Zayr, the word mitzvah comes from the word tzavsa, the Aramaic word which means to partner, to connect. The definition of a mitzvah is dveikus basham. Who do you want to connect to? Who do you want to cleave to? Somebody you love. Therefore, the source for all mitzvahs I say is Ahava. And this is such a killer to anybody who tries coming up with newfangled ways of connecting to God and alternative methods and all kinds of you go off into the Himalayas and to the to the the other religions or whatever. The E it is impossible to connect unless the only way to connect is with one of the 248 mitzvahs as the Zayar says they are the 248 limbs of Hashem. as I will explain somewhere else they are the only methods at our disposal that we have to connect to Hakadosh Baruch the Jews have to connect to God. Important qualification, because there may be ways for non-Jews, but a Jew can connect in 248 ways. Conversely, vehayira and fear, who shayrish fear is the source, is the root for the 365 thou shalt not. Very simply, because the person is afraid to rebel and to lose his connection with the King of Kings, HaKadosh Baruch That's one level. That's entry-level Yira. Now, the truth is that there's a level of Yira which is beneath this. And that is the fear of punishment. He's not addressing that. Here he's talking about, since we're talking about connection, Ahava is the love to connect. Yira is going to be the fear to lose the connection. But now he introduces even a higher level, and he quotes elsewhere in the name of his Rebbe, the Magad of Mizrich, and for guys who have been in the presence of Gedalim, you'll appreciate this, a Yira Pnimius Mizu, or I'll give you even a deeper form of switching the term in English from fear to awe, 
which is shemizboishesh migdulasai, that the person has a certain form of shame, busha, of inadequacy. Limrais yeah. He is afraid to disappoint. To do anything which Hashem finds revolting, which are Hemaklipais, they are the dark side of Sitra Akhra, and the other side, who they, why would God be disappointed? Because the sustenance of those forces of darkness stem from us. This language of Adam Atachtain is in contrast to a concept called Adam HaElyon. One of the four images in the chariot is an image of Adam. There is some kind of heavenly image of Adam. And there too, Hashem threw a bone to the forces of darkness to sustain them, to give them their entry-level existence. That's not what we're talking about. Here we're talking about what we're feeding them. So, the Rebbe is looking at us and doesn't want us to sustain or to feed those forces of darkness. And here, we would be, in God's presence, we would throw them um, a form of sustenance that's a terrible form of shame. How do they get there? Their access to Him, referring to a human being, how does the dark side connect to one of us? The way they get access to us is, God forbid, through the violation of one of the thou shalt not. That's where they have, you know, it's like a little bit like an infection. They talk about the, you know, these, these um, infections that you pick up in the mikvah. So it requires a crack in the skin. You can't, they can't get into your body unless there's an opening. So, so too, the klip and the sitrachar enter a person, chas v'shalom, through the violation of Olesas. He's going to say something now, which is the ultimate, you must tie your shoes, because you, you're at risk of blowing your shoes off. Now, if somebody were to say to you, your godly soul, which emanates from HaKadosh Baruch is made up of ten godly qualities. And those are inherent. You can't change those. Every human being, every Jew has got those ten qualities, right? Levushim, those can be switched. I can switch my mind, my thoughts from my crazy credit card bills and obsess about them, or I could think about Tafyami, right? That I could change. Which one is more exalted? Me? My inherent qualities? Or these interchangeable levushim? Look what he says. Right after the period. What is it? Seven lines from the bottom. These three garments of Torah and Mitzvah we have been discussing them. Even though they are only garments. Even though they are only forms of expression of the various levels of soul. Despite that, their status is much higher and much more exalted, infinitely greater. 
Even though I told you last week that the Nisham is a chilek of Mal, it's made up of the holiest stuff in existence. Incomparable. Not on the same level at all. Why? Because the Zayr tells us the The Zayr tells us an amazing, astounding thing. We touched on it two weeks ago. That Torah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are one. Inseparable. Pirush. What does that mean? The Oiraisa, when we speak of Torah in this light, He Chachmasai, Virit Baruch Hu. Torah is made up of two things. Chachma, made up of intellectual material, Shor Shnagya or any other Sugya, any concept in Torah, any halacha in Torah. You choose what it is. I don't care what it is. Relevant halacha, irrelevant halacha. Anything that we can intellectually digest with our minds is Chachmas Hashem. It's godly wisdom. Rotzayim is... I want you to wrap those straps around your hand. You don't get the reason? Not subject to your reason. It's what I want you to do. And there's a whole medubar in... in... Sifrei Machshava. What's greater? Ratzayim or Chachma? What's more intimate? Well, Chachma can be changed. Wait. So, so listen. Chachma, if I convince you enough, Chachma can be changed. Ratzayim can't be changed. You can sit down and argue with somebody from today to tomorrow why they should like potato chips more than chocolate. You won't change their mind. Anyway, that's a whole medubra unto itself. But listen to what he says. Torah, the body that we have called Torah, is made up of Chachma and Ritzayna Shalakadosh Now, since the Zaya tells us that the Rabbeinu Shalaylam, the master of the world, and his Torah are unified, now, V'akadosh Baruch Hu, as he says now, Da'iraisa, which is the Chachma and the Ratzayin of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the last line now, Bichvaydu Biatzmai Kudachad, they are absolutely unified. The Ratzayin, the will and the wisdom of Hashem, are absolutely unified. As he explained the language of the Rambam last week, Kihu Hayoydeiav Hu Amada, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the Knower and the Known. Kamoshik Savti the El B'Shem Rambam, turn the page. So he asks the obvious question, how could that be? What do you do with the fact that God is infinite? And His greatness is infinite. No mind can possibly grasp Him. Well, if that's the case, how can we understand any concept in Torah if you're claiming that He is ungraspable? And that applies to the wisdom of Torah. What about in His will? So the same thing is true about his will and his wisdom. There is no limit to his wisdom. Can anybody possibly delve into the wisdom of God? As the Pesach says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. So how are we attempting to wrap our minds around the godly idea if by definition... They're ungraspable. 
Says the Baltan, Omru, it is about this that our sages tell us, in the place where you find the greatness of Akadish Baruchu, that's where you find his humility. Now, normally we translate that, that Akadish Baruchu worries about the orphans and he worries despite his greatness, he's busy with the small stuff. Comes the Baltan and redefines those words. The greatness and the humility means that the Creator took His infinite wisdom, His infinite desire, and somehow, impossible to the human mind, He took it and placed it, without diminishing it at all, into the dining of Tefillin, into Making Kiddush Friday night. Okay? Ubehil Chesayim, and in every detail of the laws of those mitzvahs. Ubit Tzirufi Yaisiyas Tanach, and he put it into the letters of the Torah of Yim Ksuvim, Vidosha Sayim Shabbat Godois, and every drasha that our sages say, Umidrasha Chachmenuzal, and every medush. Why did Hashem do this? Bigday in order in order that every small, tiny, insignificant human being should be able to grasp a Torah idea at their level. He gave us human beings the ability to connect to him directly. Without any diminishing level. When a Jew fulfills a mitzvah, he is connecting directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because Hashem and His desire and His wisdom are one. So when I am involved in the thought of any one of those things or in the action or in the speech of any one of those things, I have a direct, open, explicit, total connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By doing so, by being involved in a mitzvah at that time, I am connected in all ten of my levels, with the Machshava and the Dibra and the Maisa. Direct to God. Correct. Total empty action, in fact. Now, your person can be connected with one strand, or they can be connected with, with a million strands. The richer the mitzvah, the more machshava, obviously, it's like fiber optics, right? The more machshava, the more dibor, the more action, the more a person is 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 connected, the greater the flow. So that's the meaning of in a, the place where you find the greatness of Hashem. That's where you find this humility. Meaning, and, it, and there's an important distinction here between this and the rest of creation. Meaning, we're told that. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, he had to diminish his light again, his energy again and again and again and again, infinite times, until he came up with matter. And that matter, you don't see the godliness in it, because the godliness has been so diminished. That's the massive distinction between the creation of matter and the physical world, and the level of open connection that a Jew can attain through the fulfillment of Torah Mitzvah. Here there's nothing diminished. It's 
as the vodka company goes, it's absolute godliness. It's straight, undiminished connection. When we're involved in the thought of Torah, in the speech of Torah, in the action of a mitzvah, we're totally and completely bound up in a connection to God. Ulechein, right after the center of the page, right after the period. Ulechein nimshla Torah l'mayim. For this reason, our sages tell us that Torah is compared to water. Ma'mayim yardim emakim gavay l'makim namuch. From our sages, what's the comparison? They say, just like water flows from the highest place to the lowest place, and that's where it gathers. Kachatayra, so to Torah. And if you were to look at the water and somehow put it under a microscope at the top of the waterfall and put the same drop of water under the microscope at the bottom of the waterfall, they're going to be the same drop of water. Same is true with the Torah. Yet, and here's what's, what's amazing about it, is it's very clear across the board, wherever you look, that the Torah in its source doesn't have an ox and a donkey in it. Hey, in that sugya of Hamach, that's not what it looks like there. And nonetheless, when it reaches us, and we learn the sugya, whatever it is that we're learning, and it appears so magushim, it appears so physical and so financial or whatever it is, and it seems to be in its form lacking of godliness. Nonetheless, the godliness that's contained in it is not at all diminished. can't see it because our eyes are, we have spiritual cataracts. But there's no diminishing of the godliness in it. It's the same. And that's the comparison between the water that flows from the top to the bottom. So too the Torah comes down from its highest state. Which is the wisdom and the desire of HaKadosh As he said before, Torah and Hashem are inseparable. At that point in its source, it would be impossible for a human being to in any which way be able to comprehend a godly idea. Here he explains the process. Where the Torah concept of any halacha in its source is made up of total spiritual stuff. And and, in, in a way that the human being would never be able to comprehend it or wrap their minds around it. And it goes level after level, from one step to the next, through the, the, what I call those, what are those games called? The, you pull the lever and it, um, huh? A pinball. It goes through the bouncing around in this <coughs> cosmic pinball machine, until it comes to us in the form of physical things, in matters of this world. If somebody were to look at, at the vast volume of Torah and Mitzvah, it's all about physical stuff. Even in its format that we have it, it's made up of physical letters that are written, they're written with ink, on parchment, the 24 books of the written law, did this so that every mind would have the ability to grasp it on their level. 
Now that's in thought. All right, so at least thought is on some level spiritual. Even speech and even action. Which are the less intimate of the three forms of expression. Even those two levels. Um, nonetheless, that person is able to grasp them. And the Rebbeinu the Shleim is contained therein. Therefore, Since we're saying now, the Torah and Mitzvahs, that Torah and Mitzvahs have the ability to encompass all ten levels, because you have the three intellectual ones, and the seven emotional qualities. V'chol taryage v'areo and all 613 limbs of the construct of the neshama. Be'roishav adragle, it's able to encompass the whole person. Harekula tzrura b'tzorachayim as Hashem mamish. The entire person is totally contained and wrapped up with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. V'or Hashem mamish makifa u'malbisha and the infinite energy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu completely envelops the person and enrobes the person from head to toe. Like David HaMelech says, Tzuri, Hashem is my rock. Echzabai, I will um, cover myself in him. Uksiv will crown himself. This refers to Hashem's wisdom and Hashem's desire. That are enclosed and embodied in his Torah and its mitzvahs. Okay, I'm going to finish up the prayer because we might go five minutes over time here. If anybody needs to leave to catch my at the curl, go ahead. Now, there's a mission in Pirkeavis. The mission in Pirkeavis is two missions juxtaposed to one another, which seem to contradict one another. The Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah says, One, the literal translation is one hour. Others translated as being one moment. Of tshuva and good deeds in this world is better. Mikol chaye elam than one's entire existence in the entire world to come. Now, it's a huge problem. Because everything is about Olam Everything we do is in preparation for the reward that a person gets in the world to come. So why would the Mishnah say that one hour of Shuvah and Maizim Tev in this world is better than the entirety of the world to come? says the Balatanya, and he speaks about this at great length in the Kutatayrah. Ki oilam haba. What is the world to come? The world to come, hu shenehenin meziv the world to come, is that the neshama basks in the rays, in the pleasure of God's divine presence. Shu tainug ha which is the ultimate pleasure of on whatever level the neshama is able to grasp and to get to know God, 
It is impossible for even the most exalted spiritual being, the greatest angel, cannot grasp God. The only thing an angel can grasp is a ray. You get to get no God through the energy that flows from it. We have cataracts. Okay, now you come in the afterlife. There's no longer a physical body blocking. So the neshama is able to bask. But nonetheless, the neshama is a creation. If the neshama is a creation, it's going to be limited due to the fact that it's a creation. So it's only going to be able to benefit from whatever ray, whatever shine there is from the Shekhinah. Okay? That's why the language Chazal use is Tzadikim Yoshvim and Nahenim Ziva That the righteous sit and bask in the rays of the Shekhinah. Or as you mentioned one time, that was the old couple down in Miami getting a suntan that had to get pulled away to go to the kids' wedding. Right. Right. Right, oh, that's right. Now, well, well, he's going to touch on that now a little bit. But God Himself, no mind, no matter how great, no matter how great in Neshama, He can't, he can't grasp Him. But when we're studying Torah, when we're donning Tefillin, when we're doing any mitzvah, we are totally and completely submersed and connected with Hashem Himself. That can't take place in the afterlife. That can only take place when you have this combo of neshama and goof. Only here do we have the ability of actual fulfillment. It's only in this in this manifestation. Because, as he goes back to say, only here can we connect literally to Hashem Himself without any barriers. Because Hashem and His Torah are one. And it's only in this existence. The, 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 the story that they tell us that Vilna Gain on his deathbed grasped his tzitzis and said, if only, I'd give it all up to be able to do this one more time. Why? Because it can only be done in this physical life. Only there can we have undiminished Direct connection to Hakadosh Baruch. That's why the Mishnah says. Therefore, the Mishnah says that one moment of tshuva and ma'aseh and time in this world is better than the entirety of the world to come. Ah, you're going to ask. Let me just finish the thought. Why it looks like the Torah is so enclosed and embodied and, and contained in such lowly physical things? Says the Baltanya, the magnificent Marshal. We should view this in the way of a parable like someone is hugging the king. It doesn't make any difference. And the level of the closeness to the king and his connection to the king. 
Does it make a difference if one hugs the king when the king is wearing one garment? Or the king is wearing several garments. Yes, true. In this world, we can only hug the king through the levushim, through the mitzvahs. So what? The main focus is the fact that we're hugging the king because the king is contained in the garment. Similarly, if the king is hugging us with his arm, even though there's a sleeve on the king's arm, he's referring to the aspect of when a Jew is thinking Torah thoughts, then the person's mind is wrapped by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then the king is hugging us. So does it make a difference if there's a sleeve on the king's arm? Hashem's right arm is hugging us. This refers to Torah, which is given with the right arm. This is chesed that flows from on high. So the point that he's making here, this awesome point that he spends many, many Maimorim in the Torah talking about the awesome distinction between the privilege and the opportunity that we have to fulfill Torah and Mitzvahs in this physical world versus the world to come, which is the world of reward. And in the world of reward, it's always going to be limited. No matter how high a person can go, it's always going to be limited and subject to those limitations. Whereas in this world, when we have the opportunity to serve directly, and our Kaddish Baruch Hu and His Torah are one, then we have an absolute direct connection, an undiminished connection to the opportunity of connecting to Kaddish Baruch Hu Just to close in in the Torah, just something to have in mind every day. He explains the pasuk in Krishna that we say. Okay? Says the Baltanya, as we said earlier, the word mitzvah comes from the word connection. He says, I want, if you want to appreciate God, recognize these words that I, God, connect to you today while you are in your physical body. And that opportunity will never exist again. That should be Allah Mavecha. Don't forget that while you are living in your physical body, I don't care how rotten of a day you got, and no matter what else is going on, only today, only in this physical format, do we have the opportunity to, to connect our Kodesh Baruch Hu in such a direct way. These words, that I, absolute me, the, the strongest form of godliness, connect to you in this physical life today, because that opportunity, the greatest tzaddik, basking in Gan Eden, does not have that opportunity. Only a Jew who is in their physical body who has the opportunity to study Torah and do mitzvahs, has that opportunity of connecting to Akadosh Baruch Hu at that level. So what's the purpose of having one of those there? One of my brothers.